0: Looking for some good news? We've found some, including how FFA chapters are getting more resourceful in this time of COVID and ways that dairy farmers have created a win-win-win for methane on the farm. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at issues across the country as reported by our editors. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. When you can't go to school, on your best fundraising event, a state fair shuts down, what's an FFA chapter to do? Well, Tom Beckman, editor of Indiana Prairie Farmer, shares news on that topic that shows that these groups can pivot with the best of them. Check out what he has to say on that topic. And then we turn to Wisconsin, where Fran O'Leary, editor of Wisconsin Agriculturist, shares news of a dairy operation that's producing renewable natural gas from its own methane and from digester methane trucked in from other dairies. The rising need for low carbon fuel could be a new opportunity for Midwest livestock operations. But first up, we're talking about
1: FFA with Tom Beckman.
0: Well, Tom, uh, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Uh, You've been busy lately, haven't you?
1: Yes, we we keep busy. And uh, been actually, we've been working on stories for around uh, November and December and the ones you'll see in print in December
0: a lot going on there you know one area i think that was kind of interesting you were looking at is you you uh, have kind of put together some stories for ffa chapters kind of related to what to do with covid i mean can you talk to me about what that means
1: well what we did um i've talked to several ffa chapters that usually carry out some pretty significant community service projects and covid was limiting them from doing that or had the potential to do that so they found uh creative ways to do things to help their community and uh, and get by COVID. And kind of starts off the, the state officers this year. Uh, we're going to feature in our December, actually on the cover, unique set of individuals. And they're also unique because they were interviewed virtually, elected virtually. It was a virtual convention last summer, and they didn't get to go to the state fair and meet people live. So they've had to find ways to reach out. They do columns in our magazine for us, but they're also reaching out, doing their own video type series. And then I asked them, uh, you know, who who around the state has done things. And there's, I guess, three I'd like to mention. One of them we had talked about last summer, the uh, Western Boone FFA chapter got involved early, before, even before the school year ended. And they were doing this. One of the members that contacted me was, they were having virtual meetings from the between tractors for the FFA officers and they, they did a they did a milk giveaway in their community i think they work with prairie farms and they really gave away helped give away a lot of milk uh, and then Crawlersville FFA down in southern indiana that will be featured in december they picked that up and they did that as well um, but then they did some other things and we can go into that if you want.
0: Well, I'm just, it's, it's interesting to me, you know, as, as you think about this, I actually hadn't thought about it, but you know, uh, whether it's the FFA, um, I think they don't, they don't call it what they used to call it, but you know, the service auction where you buy an FFA member for a right. day of work on your farm, I don't, they can't do that. I mean, that's a fundraiser for FFA chapters. So besides being able to just even serve in the community, this is going to kind of right. crimp their style, isn't
1: it? Well, yes, there's still several chapters that do that, but there's other chapters. Yeah, COVID is a lot of unintended consequences uh, in central Indiana here, and I assume in probably some other states. Several chapters, local, my local chapter included, relied on working at the state fair. They could make several thousand dollars for assisting, providing 10 people a day to assist in the different show barns to help people get their stuff moved in and out. You take out say five thousand out of an FFA budget for a year, and it's really uh, made them look for other ways to uh, to compensate, and uh, that's happened to several chapters. So that that's just another example. But you're right. But if we can go on talk about Crowsville a little bit, they do an annual food drive every year in uh, Christmas food and toy drive. We wrote about them a couple of years ago, featured them, but they've done it. This is their would be this is their 32nd year, and they're up to, unbelievable figure. It's like 20,000 pounds of food. It's a, quite a process, and I did go physically watch it a couple years ago when they were getting it ready. Uh, some of the food's donated, but a lot of it they raise money and then buy what they need, and they prepare boxes for like a hundred or more families. We're not talking just a few cans. We're talking enough for several meals and then working with the local fire department they deliver it what they run into this year is one of their biggest fundraisers for the money is a craft fair and the school while it was beyond the teacher agreed it was just they couldn't they can't have the craft fair so that's like a five thousand dollar hit and so they're looking for donations to help make that up and I want to do the story to let people know that, hey, you're sitting here, you want to help somebody. There's no overhead cost; It goes straight to buying food. Mm -hmm. And I know that because I've seen it myself. So that's the kind of stories we're trying to get out there.
0: Well, I suppose the message for anybody listening to this podcast around the country is maybe to reach out to an FFA chapter if you're in a position to help. And it's not always money. Maybe it's a space or some other way to help that group. But, uh, yeah, this is an area. These are future youth that are beyond just being farmers. Um, They get involved in ag business and they see the future and the value of being an ag business in the future as well. And I think that helping these groups out would be a very valuable deal. So, yeah, I, I just think that they can't have school in certain states that changes from around the country. But if you can't have school, you can't get together. You can't do things like AgMEC. You can't do – I just think of all the things you can't do. So right. wanna, you, you've you turned this into a positive, though. Though These
1: groups
0: are doing things that they right. can do. Any other ideas you might share that an FFA chapter in Michigan or Iowa might benefit from?
1: Yes, one other that we feature are going to feature in December, the uh, Tri-County FFA, which is in more north-central Indiana and uh, north of Lafayette, they do blood drives. And there's other chapters that do blood drives. And they do them during the year. And they were set to do one, like, the sa- third week of March, and they all of a sudden the school ends the second week of March. It's like cold turkey because of COVID. They worked with their principal and were still able to uh, pull off a blood drive they had to change. They did it at the school building and a lot of a lot of schools wouldn't do this, but it just right. depends. But this was back then. And then in the summer they had more in the community center. Usually they get a lot of donors or students, but because students weren't coming to school and in some places they're still not, it ended up being a community drive, but they were able to complete it. So I think if you get it, the big point is being creative. There's a lot of people out there that need help, whether it's food or blood donations and there's still ways to do it, uh, even in, in, in this unprecedented time. And we're trying to get some of those positive messages out there that it's not, it hasn't stopped the spirit of a lot of people, especially young people, and guided by some very uh, industrious adults and school administrators as well.
0: Absolutely, and it, it, it's that flexibility. Um, sometimes it is a space, sometimes it's an opportunity. And I love the idea of the tractor-to-tractor virtual meeting. That's really good. I would encourage people to look at indianaprairiefarmer.com to look for Tom's stories on the FFA and the work that they're doing. Tom, you actually started in a previous century in Voag, I believe. So you you have always been connected with you. your son was a state officer, I believe. Right. So you're you're pretty invested in FFA as as many right. of our, our our editors and our readers are. Um, it's exciting to see how they're taking this on optimistically and looking forward to new things, and that's great to hear. Anything else you want to share that uh, you've heard or?
1: Uh, no, um, just that. I mean, it's a new world for everybody, but they're trying to make the best of it. If you do live near an FFA chapter, especially I know, like in states like Illinois, where it's even locked down tighter, uh, reach out, see what you can do for them. There's there's an ag, if there's a there's usually an ag teacher. And right now, they're struggling to, how how do you give kids the same or as close to the same opportunity to grow? They're finding ways to do it, and I just think it's encouraging.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I did a story a while back on uh, virtual internships uh, for college kids. So there's this opportunity for them to have learning experiences virtually with ag businesses. And so that might be an opportunity. I'm just thinking off the top of my head that if you're an ag business and you might want to conduct a little Zoom meeting for a local chapter on how inventory works at a farm equipment dealership, little things like that that could be good for ag business training. Those are the kinds of things that we want to have out there.
1: Willie, funny you should mention that because Monday afternoon this week, uh, I actually went, had this set up for a while, but... There's a young lady at uh, with Bain Welker, who's an international company with 13 dealerships in Indiana, Ohio. And uh, she is doing exactly that. She is setting up, she's, she's doing outreach to, uh, through ag departments for kids that would want to maybe consider a career in uh, either internship in sales or a diesel mechanic. Her company sponsors some, some scholarship sponsorships for students that want to be diesel mechanics. But she has done 20 so far this year, 10 in person, but 10 virtually in schools that wouldn't actually let her come in. But they'd, so they do it with the class. Uh, so, yeah, that's happening. That's an ag business reaching out. And uh, I'll be writing that up. Man, you're really good. Willie. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I think the other opportunity is uh, I, I think there's a lot, you, you know, as, as a former teacher yourself, can you imagine doing virtual and live? I think there are a lot of tired teachers out there. There and so if you're, if you're an ag business that, and you could be a guest speaker for a teacher and give a teacher a half an hour break right. on something that is valuable to that class, that's an opportunity. So anybody on this podcast who has that capability, reach out to your local school, reach out to your FFA chapter. There may be an opportunity there for you to give in a way that you may never thought you could have in the
1: past. Right. So it's been excellent. Well, for those of you wondering, Willie and I didn't plan this. He didn't know that I'd actually been there, but I actually did go there this week. So. <laughs>
0: Well, sometimes, you know, uh, everybody everybody gets lucky every once in a while. (laughs) Tom, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Take care and stay safe and keep on covering agriculture in Indiana. We'll be talking to you, sir.
1: Thank you, Willie. Thanks to
0: Tom for that insight. And sorry about my audio. I had a little microphone problem there. But anyway, I think the message is carried through. And no, I didn't know he was doing a story about that businesswoman sharing insights with classrooms via Zoom. But fascinating. Now we turn to Wisconsin and the opportunity Fran O'Leary has uncovered regarding renewable natural gas. Turns out it's a way to make money on those methane digesters that have become more popular in the last few years. Well, Fran, uh, I wanna welcome you to Around Farm Progress. We haven't talked in a little while, and today I'm kind of interested to talk about uh, an interesting topic that you're covering. Can you give me a little rundown on, on renewable natural gas?
2: Well, renewable natural gas is something that is new and not new. It's been around, um, natural gas has been around for a long time. The renewable natural gas, taking that from the methane digesters that uh, large farms in Wisconsin are using is new. That process has only been around for a couple years. We're finding out all kinds of interesting things about it.
0: Well, that's interesting because when you talk about gathering methane obviously uh, anaerobic digesters and methane have been around a lot of farms use that methane as generator source for to run a generator or um, other equipment on the farm to keep their power bills down basically generators because dairy farms are great for sucking up electricity but what separates what's the difference between just methane off my digester and what's going into the pipeline from this system you were on a farm that's doing this right
2: Right, they're doing this at Wholesome Elm Dairy near Hilbert, and they have 8,400 cows. And actually they're transporting in uh, methane from digesters from area farms in Northeastern Wisconsin to also be processed and put into the pipeline at Wholesome Elm Dairy. And by processed, I mean cleaned. They primarily get this methane in from these dairy farms And they remove the impurities, which is mostly carbon dioxide, a little bit of nitrogen and a few other impurities before it goes into the pipeline. And the pipeline is a pipeline that runs a a natural gas pipeline that runs from Green Bay to Chicago and then down to Texas.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So it's interesting. You have an 8,400-cow dairy that I'm assuming generates quite a bit of its own methane, and that wasn't enough to really justify the cost for this impurity cleaning system. So so they worked out a business, uh, which makes a lot of sense, so they could afford the capital investment, and they, and that's partly when you turn something like that on, it's got to keep running. So they want to keep methane going through it, right?
2: Right, right. And they have partnered not only with um, five other dairy farms in the area, and they're all large dairies with 1,700 dairy cows or more per farm. But they partnered with U.S. Gain out of Appleton, which is owned by U.S. Venture, also in Appleton. And they have a unique arrangement created between their partnership.
0: So in terms of that, and I guess I want to get down to, you know, in any of these new ventures, I like to use the phrase, follow the money. How do they get paid? And is this a, is there a financial benefit to having something that's truly renewable as an energy source?
2: Well, there is a great benefit. It's, so it turns out that it's a win-win-win, not only for the farmers, but also for consumers, as well as the environment. And this actually came about because as you know, um, methane digesters on dairy farms have been around for about 20 years now. Doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it has. When they originally built them 10, 20 years ago, the methane was sold to the utility companies, like the electric company, mm-hmm. and they convert, converted the natural gas or methane into electricity, which the farmers were able to sell back to the grid and get paid well enough that it not only paid for the digester and the upkeep of the digester, the maintenance, but it also gave them a a somewhat of a return, a decent profit. That was true until about two years ago. And all of a sudden, the utility companies were buying their renewable fuels, which they're required to get 15% of their fuel from renewable sources from the wind farms and the solar farms that have sprung up all over Wisconsin. And they weren't um, paying much for the methane or natural gas from the digesters. So farmers were All of a sudden, renewing contracts, and instead of getting enough to make a profit and pay for the maintenance on their digesters, they weren't even getting enough to maintenance on their digesters.
0: Can you give me some clarity on this? They weren't selling the methane directly to the power company. They were running a generator and selling the power to the power company, right?
2: Yes, they were selling the electricity on the Mm -hmm. grid to the power company.
0: And the power companies don't need it anymore because of the wind power and the solar power. Or they didn't perceive they needed it. Right.
2: They chose yeah. to get their renewable fuels from solar farms and from wind farms in Wisconsin instead of from manure digesters. When that happened, um, U.S. GAIN looked into the possibility of getting the fuel from the methane and converting it or cleaning it up is basically all they're Mm -hmm. doing into renewable natural gas and paying farmers for it. And this wonderful idea has evolved into a, a great opportunity for dairy farms to continue having manure digesters and making a profit. And not only are they making a profit by selling the renewable natural gas to utility companies to heat cool and fuel houses in our state but they also are able because of u.s gains to capture some additional revenue from the renewable fuel standard and from the state of California.
0: Right. California, if you sell this natural gas into a pipeline, California does pay a premium for it because they're looking for this. This is a low-carbon thing. I mean, you're capturing the methane that might go in the environment, putting in the natural gas stream and, and burning it for energy, and that's really the benefit of this technology.
2: Exactly. And because it's a, a low-carbon fuel and it comes from a source that, that the government feels is not regulated. The natural gas from the north, from these cows would have just gone into the environment. They get a high rate of return on this because it's, it's collecting a, a source of revenue from a cow manure that wouldn't have been there so it's,
0: it's it's kind of money for nothing kind of
2: it's right not exactly
0: but, but it's close it's
2: close. right That's but uh, most of the rest of their fuel comes from sources like wastewater treatment plants mm-hmm. and they don't have the return on investment that the manure does because it's a, m- a much less regulated source so they right. get a Bigger bang for their buck, so they get money from three sources: from the Renewable Fuel Standard, from the utility companies, and from the state of California for this.
0: Do the farmers that sell methane to this system do they keep some and run their still keep running their generators for electricity on their own farms?
2: It all goes right in the pipeline, which oddly enough, uh, this pipeline just happened to be going through Wholesome Elm Dairy. When they put it through from Green Bay to Chicago, Wholesome Elm fought this about 15 years ago because they didn't <laughs> want it running through their farm. Well, they decided, all right, it can go through the farm, but they initially did not want it on their farm. Pretty ironic because now it turns out it's they strategically located on this pipeline It goes right through their farm, and they're using it now.
0: That's cool. And obviously, they're maximizing that, which I think is really smart. I think it's interesting that they're bringing methane from other digesters, which is really cool. Uh, If we look at tell our story that we can capture this methane, take it off a dairy operation, clean it without a lot of cost, and put it into the natural gas pipeline, that we're getting a full environmental benefit from something that we didn't think about in the past.
2: Exactly. And that's what makes it a real win-win-win for everybody. And this methane from just wholesome elm dairy and wholesome Irish dairy, which have the 8,400 cows, just from their farm, they are providing enough renewable to heat 1,860 Wisconsin homes each year. And that doesn't include just the heating, but the heating, the cooling, and fueling those homes with electricity as well. They figure that each um, 2,000 cows produces enough natural gas to meet energy needs of 443 Wisconsin homes. Wow. per year. So that's pretty huge when you think about it.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, Fran, it's been good to catch up with you on renewable natural gas and the opportunities that uh, dairy farmers in Wisconsin are finding. I believe that this may be an opportunity for a lot of other livestock, like swine operations and other cat that might be able to pull that methane off and put it into the system. So good news. Uh, we'll look for that at wisconsinagriculturist.com. And uh, thanks for your time.
2: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: It's great to get some good news these days, whether it's in the ag community or some financial information for the farm. Thanks to Indiana Prairie farmers Tom Beckman and Wisconsin agriculturists Fran O'Leary for their insights. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional magazines, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer and Feedstuffs, and the new Farm Progress Virtual Experience. If you didn't tune in for the premiere of the Farm Progress Virtual Experience, you can still visit the site to see more. Just visit farmprogressshow.com for a direct connection to the virtual event. And while it's rich with field demonstration content, I would also recommend checking out the trade show experience where you can search hundreds of exhibitors by name or by specific product category. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.